Welcome to On Purpose, a podcast designed for all women that want to live this one messy, hard, fun, challenging, and exciting life we've been given on purpose and with intention. It is our heartfelt belief that women do that better when we're together, better when we are connected, better when we learn from each other. Each episode, you'll be hearing from Elizabeth on a variety of ways that we can be more intentional with our lives. We hope to inspire you and encourage you as we engage together on purpose. Here's your host, Elizabeth Pearson. Well, welcome back. It's just two days after Christmas, and we have another episode of On Purpose. I just want to say congrats to all you moms who successfully pulled off Christmas, because I know that you are the only reason anybody in your home had a holly jolly Christmas. And if you're anything like I am, I bet you love the look of surprise on your husband's face as your kids open their gifts. And for those of you that love Christmas like I do, the good news is that we only have 363 more days until we get to celebrate it again. Although that might seem like forever, we all know it will be here before we know it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. With the excitement of the holidays and all my kids home, this podcast kind of snuck up on me. And I had been working on the topic of receiving help to piggyback on our last episode on serving others. Because Lots of us love to give and serve and do, but not very many of us willingly receive help from others. I had been working on it, but I wasn't settled with it for some reason. Like it wasn't coming together right now. And I know when anything is forced and it isn't flowing, it's not the right time. So as I was on a walk the other day, I asked myself, if I could talk about anything as we wrap up this year, what would it be? And every time I asked myself that question, My immediate response was that I wanted to talk to moms specifically in this episode because it's a tireless job that never ends. Did you know that there is no past tense for mother? Think about that. There's no past tense for mother. So I wanted to use this time to encourage moms, to tell them that I know that they might be tired or tapped out or overwhelmed, especially around the holidays. And for some of you, that might be physically tired or overwhelmed. For others, emotionally. And maybe even for some, that might be both. I know this to be true because a mother is one who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. A mom's job is hard on any given day of the year, but especially around Christmas. It can be as if we're invisible. Nobody realizes how much we have to do or how much we have to get done or how it even all gets done. Everything is supposed to just magically happen, and it mostly falls on us. So I wanted to take a minute and acknowledge and encourage and support the women that are called mom. But I kept saying, no, Elizabeth, that won't work because our topics are catered to all women, no matter whether they're married or not, have kids or not, work or don't work. But every time I thought about it, moms kept coming up. And so because it's been on my heart and because I truly believe that the raising of the next generation is one of the greatest responsibilities we have, and because I love good stories and quotes, I decided to call an audible and do something we haven't done before. Today, you'll hear some of my favorite stories and quotes regarding motherhood, and you will hear some words that I hope and pray will rejuvenate you and give you a renewed sense of purpose as you have your children home for the holidays. And as you head into the new year, no matter how young or old you are, no matter how little or big your children are, no matter whether or not the people you influence are blood relatives or not, I want to incite you to stay the course. 
I want to remind you that your impact far exceeds the here and now, that your legacy will last long after you're gone, that your role is valuable, your impact is eternal. This episode is for the mamas trying their best, showing up each day, even when you feel exhausted, making tough choices for your family, even when you're not sure if they're right. This one's for the mamas working tirelessly, even when it seems never ending. I want you to know that you're doing an amazing job even when you doubt yourself and that there's no such thing as a perfect mom. There's no such thing as a perfect child. I want to encourage you to be the mom you want them to remember. Whether your kids still live at home or whether they've flown the coop, be the mom you want them to remember. If you do not have children and you're still listening, I want to say this. Although everyone might not be a parent, we all have influence. All of us. Every single one of us. And who we are and what we do with our influence matters. Please listen to me. You matter very much. And your influence can also impact eternity with the legacy you leave behind. There are many people that came alongside me that were not my mom, that have had massive influence in my life. Your influence on others, it matters. And I want to say a special thank you to you for listening today. I'll never forget when I had my first child. I was so excited. I have been training for this all my life. Well, not really all my life, but I did start babysitting when I was 11 years old. I cannot believe that this sweet mom, Betsy, entrusted me with their three young children and soon-to-be baby on the way. But for some reason, she did. And somehow, I managed to keep them alive. And I learned so much during the next 12 or so years that would impact my desire to be a mom and how I would mom my own kids. After that, I even nannied for premature twins for the first year of their lives. And I thought I was so ready to be a mom. And then I had a baby of my own. I had Maxton. Quick note on Maxton. My mom came up from Florida because I was a week overdue with him and she wanted to be here for his birth. And one day we went and got pedicures together. Not that I could even see my feet at the time, but at least they would look good for my midwife. I loved that midwife. Besides that, I had heard that a foot massage could help kick you into labor. And I'm going to hold to that theory because about two hours later, my mom and I were perusing through TJ Maxx and my water broke in the middle of the baby clothes aisle. And very shortly after that, I delivered my nine pound, four ounce firstborn child naturally. Yep, that was me. No epidural. I thought, how hard can it be? And that was one of those live and learn, never will do that again type of things. Anyway, you wouldn't believe how many people thought we named him Maxton because my water broke in TJ Maxx. That would be a hard no. Maxton is actually David's middle name and his great grandfather's name. Anyway, I digress. The point is this. I had prepared for this day for years. I thought I was ready. But the weight of the responsibility that this child was depending on me for everything hit me. It was almost too much to take in. This child would be mine to raise and to train and to love in the way he wanted and needed to be loved. It would be a lot of work and would require so much from me. And this job became more important to me than I ever would have thought or imagined. As C.S. Lewis says, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. I wanted to do this most important work right. But how? 
My kids didn't come with an instruction book. And it can be said that life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. But now I was the mother and I needed a manual. I mean, how great would it be if the hospital gave you a manual printed for each child before they sent you home with said child? And it would be based on their individual wiring. This one's an introvert, super structured. He likes order. This is how he's going to best thrive. And this one over here, oh, is packed full of extra energy. Make sure he runs laps around the house after school before you make him start his homework. Or this one, she is so extroverted. She will need more time with her friends than you will ever understand. Offer her more flexibility than you do the others. It will serve your relationship well. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, although I wish it did. And I would need eight completely different manuals for my children because they are all so very different. No, being a mom doesn't come with a manual. It takes lots of practice. It requires lots of life lessons, lots of getting it wrong before we get it right. All I knew was that when I had Maxton, I wanted to do this job well. I knew that he was depending on me. I looked at it as if even his future wife was depending on me. His future children were depending on me. I didn't want to hand him off and say, whew, I am so sorry. I did the best I could, but good luck with him. No, I knew that I wanted to raise him well and that this job was so important that I couldn't do it on my own. I knew it would take a village, but even more than that, I knew that I needed God's help with this incredible responsibility given to me. I was going to give it my all because no one else was given this accountability to raise this child. And I say accountability because they're not really ours for the keeping. God's just entrusting us with them. We have them for such a short period of time before we send them out into the world to make a difference. We are building and creating a legacy by what we weave into the lives of our children. We don't know the impact they will have, and we might never fully even know it. It's like planting seeds in a garden you will never get to see. I once read that legacy is not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. It's not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. Moms, stay the course. Keep leaving deposits in your children, deposits of influence. Let me ask you, what do you want to deposit in your children? What do you want that legacy to be? For me personally, I want to raise children that God can use. Children that will make an impact for eternity. Like I said earlier, it's two days after the birth of Jesus. And just before Christmas, I read something that my friend Rhonda posted that stopped me in my tracks. It speaks directly to the crucial role that we have as moms. I think the proper credit goes to a mom by the name of Sarah Trent. This is what she wrote. And I seriously want you to just take this in for a minute with me. This time of year, we talk about Mary a lot. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. But what about Mary's mother? Someone had to raise Mary to find favor with God. Someone had to raise Mary to treasure purity. Someone had to raise Mary to honor Joseph. Someone had to raise Mary to know the voice of the Lord, even though they were living in the silent years. Mary's mother, we don't know her name. We don't know what her life looked like. We don't know who she was married to or what he was like. All we know is she raised the mother of Christ. She raised a daughter, highly favored of the Lord. She raised a daughter to fear the Lord when the Lord was silent. This is what we know. Mary's mother didn't have an encounter with an angel 
telling her to raise Mary carefully because of how the Lord was going to use her. Mary's mother chose to raise Mary wisely so that the Lord could use her. Mary's mother didn't have an encounter with an angel telling her to honor her husband because Mary would need to honor Joseph when he told her to travel to Bethlehem while she was great with child, when he told her to flee Herod's wrath before it became to pass. In the middle of the night, Mary's mother just honored her husband, obeyed and submitted to him because she knew that's what she was called to do. Mary's mother didn't have an encounter with an angel giving her a word to cling to in those dark, silent years, but she clung to the word of God that she had. She trusted his word even during the silence, and her home shone with divine favor because she made choices in the dark that affected the whole world. Mary, did you know? She knew some. She knew what the angel had told her. But Mary's mother, she had no idea. But she chose to raise a daughter that the Lord could use. And that choice still affects us all today. Who we raise can affect eternity. The example we set in marriage can affect eternity. Our home can make the gates of hell tremble. But it starts with us. Wow, we have no idea who we are raising. But it starts with us. Who we raise can affect eternity. Being a mom is about making our children better as a result of our presence and making sure that impact lasts in our absence. Being a mom is about making our children better as a result of our presence and making sure that impact lasts in our absence. The choices we make as moms will impact more than just our children. Stay the course. You're doing an incredible work far beyond what you will ever know far beyond what you will ever see. Mother Teresa said, we ourselves feel that what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean, but the ocean would be less because of that missing drop. Keep making those drops, even in your grown children. Don't stop. When someone finds out that I have eight children, they often ask which one was the hardest to manage. Not individually, like which kid was the hardest, but what number of children seemed the most difficult to adjust to. And I always tell them the first one, Because if one child takes all your time, which it does, two, three, or eight can't take any more. It's true. After Maxton was born, I quickly realized that this wouldn't be a glorious job. No money, no praise, no time off, and no recognition. And as a yellow sanguine who craves appreciation, affirmation, and attention, that is not easy. It is a hard job, but it's true. Our role as moms often go unappreciated, unseen, and unnoticed, don't they? For those of you that know football will understand why I call myself the long snapper. No matter how big of a fan you are of a particular football team, I bet you don't know the name of your long snapper. You probably don't even realize he exists unless or until he messes up, until he dribbles it or snaps it over the head of the punter. See, motherhood is just like that. It is a hard job that you are expected to get right 100% of the time with no thanks and no appreciation for the job. No one even notices what you do until you drop a ball. It's a job description that no one fully understands and one that you cannot fully be prepared for no matter how hard you try. Very few people talk about our roles and the role of the invisible workload of moms. They just talk about the product of our children. I told you I love a good story. I love something that gives me a visual, especially when I can see myself in the story and especially when I can relate to it. Like this favorite one of mine by Nicole Johnson. She writes, it all began to make sense. The blank stares, 
the lack of response, the way one of the kids will walk into the room while I'm on the phone and ask to be taken to the store. Inside, I'm thinking, can't you see that I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking or sweeping the floor or even standing on my head in the corner because no one can see me at all. I'm invisible, the invisible mom. Some days I am only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Some days I'm not a pair of hands. I'm not even a human being. I'm a clock to ask, what time is it? I'm a satellite guide to answer, what number is the Disney Channel? I'm a car to order, right around 5.30, please. I was certain that these were the hands that once held books and the eyes that studied history and the mind that graduated summa cum laude, but now had disappeared into the peanut butter, never to be seen again. She's going, going, she's gone. One night, a group of us were having dinner, celebrating the return of a friend from England. Janice had just gotten back from a fabulous trip, and she was going on and on and on about the hotel she stayed in. I was sitting there looking around at all the others, put together so well. It was hard not to compare and feel sorry for myself. I was feeling pretty pathetic when Janice turned to me with a beautifully wrapped package and said, I brought you this. It was a book on the great cathedrals of Europe. I wasn't exactly sure why she'd given it to me until I read her inscription. To Charlotte, with admiration for the greatness of what you were building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I would read, no, I would devour the book. And I would discover what would become for me four life-changing truths after which I could pattern my work. No one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of their names. These builders gave their whole lives for a work they would never see finished. They made great sacrifices and expected no credit. The passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. A legendary story in the book told of a rich man who came to visit the cathedral while it was being built and he saw a workman carving a tiny bird on the inside of a beam. He was puzzled, and he asked the man, Why are you spending so much time carving that bird into the beam that will be covered by the roof? No one will ever see it. And the workman replied, Because God sees. I closed the book, feeling the missing piece fall into place. It was almost as if I heard God whispering to me, I see you, Charlotte. I see the sacrifices you make every day, even when no one around you does. No act of kindness you've done, no sequin you've sewn on, no cupcake you've baked is too small for me to notice and smile over. You are building a great cathedral, but you can't see right now what it will become. At times, my invisibility feels like an affliction, but it is not a disease that is erasing my life. It is the cure for the disease of my own self-centeredness. It is the antidote to my strong, stubborn pride. I keep the right perspective when I see myself as a great builder, as one of the people who show up at a job that they will never see finished, to work on something that their name will never be on. The writer of the book went so far as to say that no cathedrals could ever be built in our lifetime because there are so few people willing to sacrifice to that degree. When I really think about it, I don't want my son to tell the friend he's bringing home from college for Thanksgiving. My mom gets up at four in the morning and bakes homemade pies, and then she hand bakes a turkey for three hours and presses all the linens for the table. That would mean I'd built a shrine or a monument to myself. I just want him to want to come home. And then if there's anything more to say to his friend, to add, you're going to love it there. As mothers, 
we are building great cathedrals. We cannot be seen if we're doing it right. And one day, it's very possible that the world will marvel not only at what we have built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world by the sacrifices of invisible women. Moms, I want to encourage you today. You are building great cathedrals. You are doing a great work, even when no one's watching, even when no one sees what you're doing. And one day, someone will marvel at the beauty that has been added to the world by your sacrifices. Keep up the good work. As I wrap up and get ready to head to a post-Christmas party, I want to leave you with some important final words of wisdom, some mom mantras, if you will, some from Irma Bombeck and some from yours truly. Number one, M is for mother, not maid. This is a home, not a hotel. Number two, you want fair? Life's not fair. Fair's just a place where you go to get cotton candy. Number three, remember, your alone time is for everyone's safety. Number four, if your children are old enough to critique what you put in their lunch, they are old enough to make it themselves. Number five, sometimes you need to question your parenting, but sometimes you need to question your child's childing. Number six, no one ever died from sleeping in an unmade bed. Go easy on yourself. Number seven, when your kids act up in public, just yell, wait till I tell your mom and then act like they aren't yours. Number eight, it's time to clean out your purse when your car assumes it's a second passenger not wearing a seatbelt. Number nine, a good theory on housework is if the item doesn't multiply, smell, catch on fire, or block the refrigerator door, let it be. No one else cares. Why should you? And lastly, there ain't no hood like motherhood. So let's support others in this hood because when women support other women, incredible things can happen. Success is never reached alone, and wisdom is always sweeter when shared. Wasn't that good? I just learned that button and I had to use it. Anyway, Happy New Year to each of you amazing women, especially you moms, especially you women who have influence to people in your lives that are not necessarily blood-related. I just want you to know that you are loved, you are worthy, and that you are enough. And I cannot wait to be back together in 2023.